Hey everybody, it's Spainer and Riggs. He's Spainer, I'm Riggs. We're excited for another great episode, our fourth one up here of the Spainer Riggs podcast. Exciting episode. We're going to talk to Vili Fedepoff, uh, the new recruit from Las Vegas that's coming to Minot State. We had a great chat with him. We're also going to dive into high school sports, talk about the high school hockey tournament that just wrapped up, we're talking a lot about basketball, great stuff going on both boys and girls, and then a go talk. We're going to talk a little baseball go talk that goes with it. It's a great episode. Are you ready to go? Ready, let's go. Here we go, our college segment on Spanner and Riggs, and we had a great interview with Minot State recruit Vili Fedepai. And you guys should come out and watch this guy play if you like smash mouth football. Hey, we're with uh, Vili Fedepai oh. here on the Spanner and Riggs show, and uh, he is a newly signed recruit for Minot State University football. How you doing, Vili? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good. So one of the things that caught our eye was, uh, you, you, you know, you're on social media and, you know, uh, I saw your post where you were thanking all the coaches at Minot State and, you know, you seem to be like a super grateful and thankful person. And uh, in watching your videos, it looks like you are an absolute workhorse and, you know, uh, getting ready for the season. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um. Well, I'm from North Las Vegas, and I've actually been homeschooled all my life until sophomore year um, when I started playing football here. I played football when I was little, since I was seven, and all the way through, I've always just played like um, Pop Warner until high school. Right on. Now, you know, obviously uh, you didn't uh, pick North Dakota for its weather, of course, and that'll certainly be uh, an adjustment uh, getting up to our cold weather. But tell a little bit about what led to your decision to, to come to Minot State, because obviously there must have been some good stuff that uh, Coach Aldridge and the staff was, was telling you. Yeah, well, ultimately, ultimately it was really good. I, um, whenever I was talking to the coaches, it was really nice and cordial. And when I, because I wasn't able to go on a visit, they showed me all the videos that they would, um, that they would show me, like, if I wasn't able to. And it was really nice. It, I really liked the campus. I really liked the people there. And it was really nice. I think you'll love uh, that, that the coaching staff and Coach Aldrich, they're huge on uh, developing the player and developing the person. So, uh, and we're, we're glad you're coming. And, uh, so uh, it looks to me like you're a three-sport athlete. Uh, you know, tell us a little yes. bit about your three sports positions and, and what you do. Um, I do wrestling, football, and, um, and track and field. What position do you so play in football? I'm, I play right tackle and left guard. Nice. Right on. Now, those sports, do you think that uh, being a multi-sport athlete uh, – Spainer and I have always had that discussion. You know, we're a big proponent of kids playing multiple sports. Um, kind of while, you know, rounded your, you know, as an athlete. So would you say that that was a big asset for yourself? Uh, yes. I wanted to, I just wanted to always still be active during um, off season while still maintaining, like, being strong and, like, going in the weight room and stuff. So wrestling, it, um, it got me in shape a lot. I dropped a lot of weight, and in track, um, it's helping me a lot, like with explosiveness and um, 
being able to hit blocks. So all of this, like, all around going into, like, football, which is my main sport. So, uh... Tell us, uh, right guard and uh, and and right tackle. Uh, do you get the pull and just absolutely maul like a, a corner or something? <laughs> Tell us, <laughs> maybe give us a little story about your best uh, absolute pancake of somebody. All right. So when I was right tackle and um, I, there's this play that we would always call. It was like I think it was Super Eight. And it was just the quarterback just runs and does a speed option to the right. And with that, I'm able to just go up, like pretend like I'm um, sealing off somebody like the DN and then just run straight for the linebacker. So when I do that, uh, the quarterback just looks like a hike. I ran straight for the linebacker. I think he was like around like six foot. And I just ran him over and just like flattened him. That was like one of my best highlights I've ever had. Absolutely. Just like Jeff Saturday's uh, three yeah. pancakes on ESPN, he likes to yeah. hand those out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly yeah. would be fit in there too as well. When, uh, when are you moving up to North Dakota? And, uh, you know, are you, are you ready for an adjustment to, to come up north here? But, uh, you know, I'll tell you, the people are definitely friendly and we'll be coming up with open arms for sure. Uh, I was, uh, I'm thinking about going up in August. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going up in August to like get things settled and um, start school. Hopefully, you got a big park. Do you have a winter park at all in your closet anywhere? <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm gonna have to buy one. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, maybe we'll call you uh, Vili Super Eight. How's that sound? <laughs> maybe, maybe. That Every time good. you smash someone from Minot State, we're gonna call you Vili Super Eight. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> well, we look forward to watching you play, and uh, I think uh, everything I've seen on you, it sounds like uh, Mike got a, a great one. Uh, you know, someone that's going to do uh, the Minot community, Minot State, and Minot State football proud. And you probably, you'll be making your family proud as well. I look forward to watching you play. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much Thank for coming much. on. We're really, We really appreciate it, and... Uh, I hope the Minot community uh, gets to know you a little bit better now. Thank you guys for having me so much. Yeah, that's really great. Thank you. Hey, that was a great interview we had with Vidi Fedopai from North Las Vegas, recruit who signed with Minot State football, three-sport athlete, which I like. Uh, had a chance to meet him. Great kid, great character. Minot's getting a great one. We're now going to move into our high school segment. We're going to talk a little high school hockey with our high school hockey authority, Riggs. Yeah, you know, at uh, high school hockey tournament uh, down in, in Fargo, it was, I mean, super entertaining again. You know, it's, it's great hockey. I mean, certainly when you get to the, you know, you start to narrow down from the quarterfinals to semifinals and then obviously the championship game. And um, it was great to watch. And, of course, you see two East teams take it off, and especially with Red River beating um, Fargo South. And, and uh, you know what? It was a great hockey game. It just unfortunately... You know, I'm a big, you know, I don't care what the refs do, but unfortunately there was a major five-minute major call. It was late, you know, into the third period, and Red River scored two power play goals to take a 3-1 lead and, and never looked back. And so it's like, you, you know, 
It's one of those you, social media. There, was, it, was it tough because it was a tough moment to get a major? Yeah. Or was it tough because it shouldn't have been a major? Should have been a major? Should no, have not it been shouldn't a major? have been a major. It's in hockey. Uh, you know what happens is. L- let me rephrase that okay. question. If it was in the first period, would it have been a major? Oh, probably, maybe. And would you be okay with it if it happened? No, in the first not period? at all. No, absolutely not. No, I was. I I know what you're going at. Absolutely, and your <laughs> soccer just the same way. I'm they just all, saying. I you know. know, are you one of those oh, guys yeah. that say the call, the game's got to be called differently when oh. you get to the end of a championship game? I know. I'm I'm a totally like you might as well not have officials that in especially in NHL like in overtime like they they're irrelevant essentially because <laughs> you just kind of let it go. But no, it was it was kind of one of those things. A kid came into the player. He got hit about five feet from the boards and then went flying into the boards. But it was far enough away that it was, to me, it looked like a clean body check. It just so happened that he hit the boards. And so, and then for the first time in state high school history, I, they went to review an, an actual penalty. And I didn't even know that that would even existing. Even the announcers were wondering like, you know, what's going on here? I don't know if they're even able to review it, but they called it. It was what it was. You know, they killed off probably, you know, first half of that penalty, and then all of a sudden they scored two goals, and that was kind of what put the dagger in it. So it's, it's kind of unfortunate. I mean, there still was some time on the clock, so, you know, they could have made a, made a comeback in terms of that, but they, you know, couldn't find a way to do it. But it's kind of unfortunate. But in the end, you know, it's good hockey. It was, you know, it was fun to watch. These kids were, you know, especially two, those two, two East teams were powerful, and, Red Rimmer had to win an overtime game to get in to qualify to state, so see them go on a run. So um, hats off to them because it was a good tournament. So uh, I want to ask you, Minot High, they got there, two, two, took two L's, unfortunate. Yeah. Mac Morelli. Yep. Is he a young gun? He is. He is the future of Minot High hockey. You know, it's just kind of uh, just like his older brother, Mason, who's now playing, uh, you know, in the AHL, which is a level right below, uh, you know, the NHL. Um, he's a really talented kid. He finished second in the team in scoring with 31 points. Last time a freshman to, to, to be that high, other than his brother, you know, basically five, six years ago, or actually a little longer than that. It feels like it was five, six years ago. But Mac Morelli's a good hockey player. He is. I mean, it, the Morelli family name is just one that's synops with hockey here in the state. I mean, you know, his, his, his dad played at UND. His grandfather played at UND. And uh, scored the the big overtime championship goal. I think it was like fifty three. I know the Morellis, if they're watching us, they're gonna shoot me for that. But uh, but no, Reg Morelli was a big just just a UND hockey family, and so he is. He legitimately is. And you know, there's gonna be some big turnover at the minor high team. Um, and he's a freshman, so he definitely will have to play another year before that whole junior you know call question. But good grounded family that you know talks about family values while making sure that they develop their guys so i know that they're going to make sure that he plays at a high minor high and doesn't leave way too early um i know the case with his brother um was able to leave to play for the minotauros but it's only because it was here i mean i think having conversations with the family they wouldn't allow him to to be shipped off somewhere else you know while he was a junior in high school and still had two years left so but he is the future of minor high you know they're going to have some turnover they're going to get younger for sure but you kind of need that sometimes, and I've, I've got some high hopes for that program in the future. So tell me uh, tell me some other guys in North Dakota that we should be looking at that have a chance maybe to be playing for uh, UND hockey or the Gophers or 
you know, or whoever else, maybe maybe Denver or maybe Maine. Maybe Absolutely. Boston. Well, you know, you got to get through that. Uh, it's a, a controversial, you know, having to play some junior hockey prior to, and uh, I think we might have a whole other episode in terms of how that goes. But, you know, Wyatt LaDuke, the, the tournament MVP, you know, he was a great defender uh, for Red River. His teammate, Carter Sproul, was another really, really good hockey player. Um, another one from Jamestown I want to keep an eye on is Nolan Eno. I, I hope he's going to have, he's going to be, uh, another year of high school, but I think he's a late birthday, so he is eligible to play junior hockey in early. So I, I could see him making that you know jump. I would really hope for uh, Jaden Luck at Landon High is another kid I would really love to see uh, kind of make that uh, jump up. He might have to do like an NA three or tier three, and then probably do that if the border had been open like like it should normally be. You know, you can get some really good high school kids to go up and play in Canada for a couple of years before they make that. Um, but I will say this: I think this is probably in high school hockey, this season was probably a down year for elite talent. You know, like the the kids that are, you know, surefire are going to make the jump. Those ones that are elite are like sophomores and they're freshmen, you know. And so those are the ones that I feel like we could see because of COVID, next year. maybe. Yeah, you know, they're yeah, absolutely it is. It, it, that's a whole other animal with college hockey. I don't want to get into it, no. but, I, but I can yeah. tell you like USC's 51 in the recruiting class. Yep. And you, and you look at California with all the massive mandates mm -hmm. you know california had the lowest amount of blue For chippers sure. this year so I, I could see how you could have a, a difference between the youngers and the olders right now but well, go ahead then the bit the two biggest things are is that with covid done was first of all half the teams got ravaged and didn't get to play so they granted a year an extra year of eligibility across the board so kids were staying another year longer than they would the other side of it was is covid ravaged the semi-pro levels of the NHL. So, like, there's the East, there's the AHL, and there's the East Coast Hockey League. Those are good development leagues, you know, minor leagues to get to the NHL. Well, half those teams got shut down. So what happened was is normally in a perfect year, you might have, like, a UND player graduate and go on to play in the East Coast or sign an NHL contract or work through the farm leagues. So those were eliminated, and then they were granted another year of eligibility. And so talking to a few Division One coaches that I know, is that we could be in a two, three, or maybe even a four-year cycle to work through this, and there's just too many kids and not enough spots. And so, I, you know, I kind of feel like that's going to, you know, hurt a few things. Some of the junior teams had shut down last year, but... But uh, in a couple of years, we might end with, yes, like, the best year ever. Yes, absolutely, right? 100%. Yeah. So now they're, we're seeing it. Um, you know, it's going to be a game-changer, but some of those kids, like I said, I we're, it's tough too early to tell, but in the future... We I got another it. one. Tell me why the West continually gets swept at state by the East. You know, it's it's tough. You know, uh, it's a big, huge hot-button discussion with the hockey world. And, you know, the unfortunate reality is is there's just a lot more depth in the East than there is in the West. It doesn't mean that they're better players. They just have more of them. You know, when we talk about, let's say, let's say your top six forwards, your top two lines, and maybe your top four, you know, top two defenseman pairing can match out with anybody but then after that they don't compare you know if you talk about grand forks their third and fourth lines are deeper than than our third fourth. so what you do see in those matchups is that you see the top lines kind of cancel themselves out in a lot of times but then they're getting second opportunities and they just tend to be a lot more deeper and Unfortunately, I feel like it's going to get a lot worse before it's going to get a lot better. You see what's happened in, in Bismarck. They've added another team, and now all of a sudden you've watered it down a little bit. Minot's going to add another add team. Add another team as well, which has been a big, huge topic, and that's going to happen down here, which, I mean, and it's controversial because here at Minot, 
They didn't even have enough to have a full roster for a JV in essence. So right now, even if there was a second high school right now, there wasn't enough kids to field two teams. So what are you going to do? You know, and so that's a controversial thing. And I mean, that's going to be a big judgment call across the board. I mean, you talk about, uh, you know, soccer and how big powerhouses they are. And, and now they're going to split that up. Are they going to be, are they going to be watered down a little bit? I mean, and that, that's, but all the cities, as they get bigger, split their schools. For up. sure. Absolutely. You know, the bottom line yep. is the, the, you know, the, whoever the coaches are have to have vision yeah, absolutely. and they have to understand that it's going to start at the, you know, at the little kid level. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if hockey wants to be good with two teams and have two varsity teams, they're going to have yep. to do, they're going to well, have to roll their sleeves up at the little kid level. Well, here's the other big question. You add another high school, you know, class A high school here in Minot. Is that going to have a huge effect on, like, Bishop Bryan or our Redeemers? You know, are they going to feel it or not? You know, like, it's going to be one of those things where if your kid's not going to make the same Minot high, which is the A squad of the two Minot, you know, class A, well, I'd rather have my kid go to Bismarck or Bishop Bryan or our Redeemers. I mean, that that could be certainly two of the well. But no, no uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting, but... The bottom line is, is that if these schools want to compete, you know, they got to have vision yep. at the top, you know, and it's got to go down to the JV level running, yep. you know, the same type of system and the, you know, the same type of uh, coaching sure. and then down into the youth level. It is. And the schools that rely on, uh, on the youth programs, if there's not a, a leader in the youth program, you're not going to be very good in high school. No, anymore. you're not. And you know, the other big thing, and this is, you know, kind of my own personal opinion too is is that I think just out west you know if you took the best teams out west and and consistently played the teams out east all the time I think you might you know feel like you're going to get better competition you might move forward and then it pushes the whole debate of in in high school hockey should there be a two-tier system like there is in basketball like in basketball you have class a and class b are there class b schools playing hockey Yes, there is. Absolutely. How 100%. many? Oh, boy. There's, there's at least two or three out east. And you could almost say, I almost want to say half of them out west here. I mean, it, I'm, we're going to get some no, I'm not talking about are they class B level versus class A level. It seems to me. They actually truly it, are. In the, in the west right now. Yep. How many schools that compete in class B basketball are competing in class A hockey? Well, you got Botno, You got Hazen Beulah. I don't know if Dickinson counts for it. No, uh, Dickinson's A, but okay. Wilson's considered A. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, like I mean football? You got five different levels for football. Why well, can't football you do for hockey? Requires like eighty guys. Yeah, exactly. And they so. still could spread it out, you know, in terms of that stuff. But you know, at least I wonder if like you know, is Grafton? Uh, Grafton's B. Is a B. Yep. Um, and then like, well, you've like you had. Grand Forks football teams drop, you know, because of their size and stuff like that. Well, but. here's what here's what I'm saying. You know, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm okay. But first off, Botno and Rugby are two of the biggest Class B schools, and they combine for hockey. Yes, they do. So then that's, you know, they're that's, probably bigger than saved, Dickinson. And that's saved Botno for sure. So, you know, uh, and I'm okay with the, if the Class B schools have a Class B division. Yeah. What I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and say Minot because they're in the West or whatever, or they split high schools. And their Class A and everything else are now going to move to Class B in hockey because they can't beat Grant and Forks Red. Oh Red. yeah, no. But you're <laughs> absolutely you know, but, size but, of school, size of you school, know, and that's a whole nother debate on what that level. You're right because you just you know you don't want to have teams to you know pick and choose, and you know you see some teams petitioning to go down sometimes and drop. In, in, in soccer, yes, the East used to sweep the West, okay, consistently, and you know, and I I ran the Minot Youth Club, and we I started telling them, look, the East can get to Minneapolis so easily. 
Oh, for sure. We're going to have to get to Minneapolis and play at that yep. level if you want to, you know, and then, you know, that Minot girls now are in the state championship kind of consistently, yep. and they won the state championship by the largest margin last yep. year. I, you know, in order for, uh, in order for Minot hockey to catch the East, they're going to have to keep their kids that are going to play juniors. For sure. Or they're going to have to cr increase the numbers that are playing youth hockey. 100%. You're, it, and I, I think it's honestly the best of both worlds. And, you know, I know that they're doing a good job of developing the kids and their numbers are really strong, but we'll have to save the debate for another one. And honestly, truth be told, um, the best high school kids in Minot aren't here. You know, they didn't. They are, they're all gone playing AAA midget wherever. And if they would legitimately field the best team possible, boy, it'd be a really stout program. And if they get to that Bantam level... And then they go to Minnesota, they go to Minneapolis. There's three or four AAA midget teams that, that go and, you know, you go to high school and different things. You got some in Colorado, you got some in Arizona. Um, and I honestly think that if those kids, would, we can convince those kids, a couple of them to stay, understand the culture, learn the Morelli way of at least playing at least two or three years. And, and then, you know, then if you are that elite that you know you're going to the next level, then I can see that happening. But a lot of these kids don't. Do you want to know something interesting? Sure. I uh, I got on the ice on Sunday for the first time in my life. What in the world? <laughs> what were you doing on the ice? Outdoor or indoor? Indoor. My wife and kids said, you're coming with us and we're going ice skating. Oh, boy. <laughs> first time in my life. So yeah. there may or may not be, I will no confirm right. or deny, there absolutely. may or may not be video of this incident. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I have new respect for hockey people because that was... Uh, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think the biggest question, I think, for everybody, you know, even I'd love to hear some of the listeners, is, is what, uh, what type of impact is there going to be having a second high school? You know, and then I'd love to hear some opinion of what everybody else thinks is going to happen. You know, there's a lot of B proponents that say more opportunity. It's going to have see more kids, which is good. Um, but then is that going to water things down and then Mina will never, ever win anything ever again? So. I think it'll water things down initially with all the, uh, the kids that were built up. Yep. Through the ranks. Yep. But when people see that there's two sets of spots. For sure. That wave will hit in six or seven, eight years. And then, you know, and you'll see the benefits of having two sets of teams in every Sounds sport. Sounds good. But we will now move on to our Class B and Class A basketball discussions. Absolutely. Boy, it's... Uh... It's been a wild week here, you know, I think uh, you're getting through some weather stuff and finally narrowing it down, and there was some pretty exciting games. I mean, I was able to watch some highlights uh, towards the end. Was it uh, Delax? or was it Delax lost a tough one to, who was it, our Redeemers, and a tough one at the end. Did you get a chance to watch any of those games or been following along with district games and stuff like that? So it's, uh, <laughs> what are your take on what, what's happened, especially here at District 12? I mean, and then... Of course, we had uh, Sammy Brandt. They powered through everybody. And, oh, I you know, watched number them in one person. Team. Oh, my goodness, man. Uh, so. I will tell you, you know, uh, that doucher for, uh, for Kindred is on another level. She's going to Alabama to play softball next year. She's an SEC kid playing State B. Crazy. <laughs> Class B sports in North Dakota. She had 19 at halftime, and, uh, you know, they, they were up by nearly 40. Yep. In the second half of the regional championship, Kendra girls are legit. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting, though, because on the other side, MLS is long and athletic, and they're an unseated team. And uh, you got Grafton over there. Grafton is strong as well. Oh, boy. Um, you know, I, I don't know who's coming out on the other side. And, uh, and obviously, uh, you know, Kendra's got to get through Shiloh. 
and Shiloh's been, you know, the big game hunter. Mm -hmm. We know that, they, that the schedule they've played. Yep. Um, but it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are planning on seeing Grafton and Kindred in that final. Mm -hmm. But you never know how those state tournaments go. Oh, boy. And uh, it'll be interesting. You oh, know. man. Absolutely. I mean, even like I said here locally, too, I was over to, you know, Bishop Ryan gets it done. You know, like they're a team that's, you know, they're a good, great basketball team. And I know... You know, Brody Bosch, he's just been a, 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 something to do with the knack of, of getting big wins at, at, you know, district time to you oh. know, move on. And I, I watched like Ryan play, and I, I interviewed their guys at the Region 6 yeah. Girls Championship game. Okay. And they told me they were on a mission. Oh and they absolutely throttled District 12 in this tournament. Uh, Brady Feller scored 31 points last night. And Which is kind of a big number in Class B. It is a huge. huge number. I'm telling you. He looked like James Harden. Really? I mean, he was just bombing threes. But and, and I'll tell you, not defensively. He defends way harder than Harden does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he so he defends really hard. So sometimes he loses his jump shot as the game goes on. You know, you get tired or whatever. But oh my, his basketball IQ is so high. He starts, you know, and he's he just gets people off balance, mm -hmm. and then he just starts getting to the line. But he was he was under the rim, and he's getting guys to jump. And he's drawing contact and then uh, and getting and ones. Uh, you know, I mean, it was like he was playing at this level, mm -hmm. and everyone else was playing at this level. Uh, the intensity of uh, of Bishop Ryan, Ian Johnson, and oh, they have a when they bring on Jet Lundin, the freshman, the yep. kid that played quarterback for him, and Logan Merck. When they have the two point guards at the same time, they are really difficult to you know to defend. Yep. Um, Kakota Munoz for uh, uh, Surrey. Okay. He's a good point guard, and he was pretty good at giving Ryan fits the game, you know. But when Ryan would bring two out, it was just they just couldn't really stop the dribble penetration between sure. the two uh, the two point guards. Uh, the Ang twins there for uh, Surrey are good as well. It's good. it's going to be an interesting, you know, in the region tournament, the matchup I'm looking forward to. You've got Caden, Charles Barkley, Chadwick okay. for Velva versus Surrey. Oh and, you know, Chadwick's 6'6", and we talked about him in the past. Yep. He's going up against Mayo of Surrey. And Mayo's kind of like, who's he? you know, he's like... Uh, I love you're digging deep for these references. You some know, of these you NBA know, guys. I'm telling you. Bill Lambeer. Half the audience, you know, we have the big guy. They don't even know half these. these Detroit <laughs> Pistons. Yeah. The Bad Boys. Yep. Sally Lambeer. Oh, yeah. Mayo is an intimidating force okay. inside the paint. And he was give, he was hammering Ryan guys as they yep. came in. Uh, you know, uh, so it'll be interesting. I really can't wait mm -hmm. for that game. Surrey versus Velva, first round of, uh, yep. of Region 6. Uh, you know, yep. one thing I'm a little bit, uh, you know, and just kind of sad to not see is Walker Broughton from okay. West Hope. He is a phenomenal player, and they didn't make it to oh the boy. region tournament, which is unfortunate. And hopefully, you know, maybe he'll get honored or whatnot, you know. Yep. But he is really, really good. Uh, he, a brother of Ellie Broughton, remember the, the point guard. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, but... Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I look forward. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, now, the question I have for you is, is, you know, the way the district tournament is set up is, you know, top four go on or, you know, to the region. But 
you can lose and then find your way back, you know, to get to the region. In the wet region, it's for keeps. That's it. So do you think the players, coaches, like the mentality now totally changes? Because oh, now it's, it's game seven. It's really know, interesting you bring it up because I thought that, I didn't think big. Surrey had the intensity last night and Ryan was on a mission. But Ryan knew they were advanced. Yeah. Will, 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 it, will, will their approach change if, you know, when, hey, losing, we're out, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and will Surrey, you know, Ryan got up six, eight, ten, and it like, I, I didn't see it different in their facial expressions last night, you know, because they weren't facing elimination. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that'll be interesting. Uh, that is, I mean, because, you know, like, so, like that game is so, I mean, it's so huge because then it, you know, you avoid the tougher games until the very end, right? Because you, that, that second game is usually a real tough challenge. And so, um, but it, you know, I, I feel like the two re like the two districts colliding here for region six is going to be, uh, I mean, there's some good games and I absolutely love, you know, you can watch all of them. I think on the pro cell network, I think Scotty K and his group's going to be covering, which is really good. I know you're going to be probably hanging out and, you know, catching out as I get, get as much interviews and stuff like that. Um, which is really good because I do feel honestly, this is probably the most class B has ever been covered before in, in my time here anyways, in terms of like social media content, you know, with what they're doing with the broadcast, what you're doing, getting some interviews, like that's something that we need to be. We've seen these kids get highlights. So I'm certainly looking forward to it, but it's going to be a good week next week for sure. I enjoy it. And I'll, I'll tell you, uh, and if uh, people are wondering, you know, who I'm picking and whatnot to, to interview, it's not necessarily I, the best player. Mm -hmm. Do sure... Amazing player at Kindred. Mm -hmm. I didn't choose Joshua. You know, I, I try to pick a kid that does all the dirty work for their team, that just grinds and defends. And, bale guys. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? You know, Did you uh, coach like that? You know, that's me, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's all about uh, the work rate, uh, you know, uh, that's that's how I am. That's why I, I really like that kid out of rugby, the Foster kid. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I told you, You've you know, he, him before. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he misses a misses a baseline jumper, iron yep. unkind, yep. hustles all the way down, gets a block. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, you know, absolutely. I like the kids that that just absolutely are there to help their team win mm -hmm. above anything else. I've, I see that in Feller. I see that in a lot of guys. Uh, you know, uh, Connor, Bishop Ryan, that guy's down there banging and friggin' bringing down rebounds and mm -hmm. doesn't worry about his scoring at all. You know, he's yep. just up there, you know, just diving for balls out of bounds. He dove for one that looked like, remember the old, those old commercials uh, for the NBA? The NBA is fantastic back uh, in the day. And there's yeah, the one where Shaq yeah. leaps into the crowd when he was young and skinny. Yeah. And he throws it. I was thinking, that's the most athletic thing. I saw I saw Connor dive in, dive <laughs> yeah. dive toward me, and I was at the baseline there and and try to save a ball. You know, uh, For sure. I don't know. I, I like uh, you know kids that put the team above themselves. They're there to win. That's the only thing they care about. They don't care about all region, all wards. They don't care about starting or not starting. They're just there to win and grind and hammer. You know, because uh, I I think that's going to translate for the rest of their lives. For sure. Well, it's certainly going to be. Uh... It's going to be exciting a couple of weeks here of basketball, and it's heating up. And, of course, once you get into region time, there's a lot more eyes. The gyms start to be a little bit bigger. And then, of course, you lead to the big, uh, you know, granddaddy, the mall of Class B. And then you're really the spotlight is on you with thousands of people. And, you know, honestly, if you're going to get into that nervous set, the teams that do grind it out tend to be the tough, you know, tough defensively because everybody's 
gripping the ball tighter, you know, they're just a little nervous, you know, like it's just, you know, those type of things. So, well, I'm going to give you this. My girls class B predictions right now. Round one, I got Grafton. Okay. I've got one upset. Oh boy. I'm going MLS. Mavericks. I'm going Kindred and Shiloh. And then I've got Grafton, Edgen, Allison, Unlin. Okay. Abernathy over there at MLS. Oh, boy. Super athletic, long team. I love them. They're well coached. Oh, boy. But I got Grafton. And then the giant killer Shiloh is going to come up short against uh, Kindred. And then I got Kindred and the, you know, the two mammoths. Wow. Grafton in the state championship game. I think, uh, I think Kindred will, will, will come home undefeated. They'll run it. And then we'll have Sam back on our on our show for a recap. <laughs> Maybe. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, definitely tell us uh, what your thoughts are. Anything else you want to wrap up uh, our high school ask? I do. I, I have one thing I want to talk about. Uh, I had the opportunity to go to state gymnastics this last oh, weekend. boy. Okay. I did go to state gymnastics. I thought that was a very interesting uh, event. Uh, for any of those know that have never seen it, it is really really awesome it's like they're competing in four different sports yeah oh absolutely it, it, oh, you yeah. know it, it uh dickinson is an yeah. absolute machine really they are a machine what, what, uh, what? and so i guess the top 30 in each event qualify for state right yeah so they had the walkout at state yeah dickinson had half the athletes so jamestown what? is a, is very good as well uh, but Dickinson, just, I mean, and I'm telling you, Dickinson, like, I mean, they are athletic. Mm -hmm. I mean, they look like the top end of a class A school and mm -hmm. they're like the top athletes in the school. They're sticking their landings. They, they're, they're doing harder, you know, uh, attempts, jumps, That's crazy. Uh, you know, uh, they've done a really nice job and it looks to me like I was kind of going through the history. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's in the DNA of Dickinson. Really? Because they've had multiple coaches. Do they have like a, like a, they must have some sort of like really good indoor facility that they can. Well, they host stuff? state. Oh, so they've yeah. got all the stuff, yeah. you know, uh, and I don't know if they host it every year. I mean, this is my first yep. year covering all the sports, but yep. for anyone that hasn't seen, Dickinson is legit. Okay. Wow. Well, geez. Like I said, that's uh you know, I know Minot's kind of starting to see their, get their feet under their, kind of like what you touched on, at, you know, with a lot of these high school sports. It starts at the youth. If you don't have your bearings in, in your organization, and for a while there it seemed like they tried to make it work, especially with the facility at the fairgrounds, but now you've got Jim Magic has their own facility. There's like, I think it's Rebel uh, uh, Gymnastics has created theirs, and now there's some structure, there's some organization, so... You know, could be something where down the road, I know that uh, there's just a lot of interest with a lot of kids. I've got a seven-year-old, and I know some of her friends are still involved in gymnastics, so it could be something that could work its way in. But uh, certainly, uh, you know, it always heat, heats up around Summer Olympics. Whenever those happen, everybody wants to see it, and then they get more numbers. It's the same with like, hockey, you know, in terms of that. Type of you know, uh, Valley City, Jamestown, looks like they have a little gymnastic culture uh building and uh i noticed that the, both teams were close friends so they probably go to the same the club youth, level or yeah, whatever same club, yeah. i'm guessing yeah. uh so that was uh interesting sure. uh, i thought jamestown was uh was pretty impressive they had a couple really good athletes yeah 
They just didn't have the depth. Kind of like you were talking about hockey. Mm-hmm. Dickinson looks like, I mean, they have like an army. Really? And they are all good. Crazy. So. That's good. You, you know, you find these areas, you find their niches. And, you know, it's just like in our area, right? You know, certain schools are really good at basketball, maybe not so good at football. And then you got some that are really good at like certain girls sports that are just elite. And it's just how it is, you know, in terms of that stuff. So, yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's going to be exciting to see you know, how that, that grows as a sport. Because I do know with facilities in our region, it's going gonna, it's gonna to see those numbers grow for sure. All right, we're back with uh, the GOAT Talk, the segment that we want to talk about a specific sports. We're breaking them down, and we definitely want to hear what's going on from you guys and see if we uh, seem like we're on the same page or we're completely nuts. But we want to hear your opinion. Today we're talking about baseball. We decided we're going to break it up into two. We'll talk about hitters slash position players, and then pitchers, of course. Today we're talking hitters, and Mr. Spainer, I know he knows more history than anybody else. What do you got? Who do you like right now? This one I feel like is not like it's football where it's cut and dry like we're like Tom Brady, but I feel like this one has some debate. You know, for me, I I don't know. I'm a big, you know, Babe Ruth, you know, big time, Hank Aaron for sure. Those two are kind of towards me. And then, of course, we got the controversy guys, you know, like Barry Bonds and not getting into the, you know, like those type of things. I mean, there's Mickey Mantle. There's always, you Mantle, know, Mays, you know, Bonds, you know, Mike Trout's got, Miami, you know, yeah. he's on the what record you, for war absolutely. of all time. What about uh, you? Babe Ruth. What do you think? You know, it's that's a tough one. But Ruth, I don't, and, and maybe some do know or don't know, was a pitcher and. For sure. A position player, and he still has World Series records as a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Still, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, the say, hey kid, Willie Mays was five, the five tool. Um, in my opinion, you know, it's 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 between Mays, Mantle, and Ruth, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, I mean, I guess Jamet DiMaggio, you know, or whatnot, yeah. but uh, you know that era. Uh, um, you know, some might say Hack Wilson. I don't know, but I, I think Ruth, Number Mantle, okay. Mays, okay. You know, Bonds, f- Trout. Oh boy! You, now, my question, I guess, is that I mean, like I, I not necessarily don't question. I mean, the thing is that I think Babe Ruth is actually probably by far was the most skilled. You talk about even like, you know. You obviously we have to watch history and we see stats, but like they talk about like his lifestyle, like he was like a you know big time into cigars and drinking and all that stuff, and you know would be towards the end of his career would still you know be hitting home runs like if he was if he did the Mike Trout regiment and stuff like that, what kind of records would never ever be you know to stand for? My question, I guess, is like you know I don't debate with Ruth, you know just the fact that he played both. I mean. Shoei Itani now. I mean, talk about how that means to the sport about having now they talk about the negotiations. Of course, we're talking baseball here at probably the worst time with baseball basically imploding because they can't agree on what's going on. But do you think the question is, is that if longevity is on Trout's side, he has the ability to to, to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest? He's got to do something in the postseason. Oh boy, absolutely. I mean, he hasn't got there yet. I mean, that's you're absolutely right. That's. Do you think he's going to out, outpace the Angels? You know, are they going to get to a spot where they aren't going to be, you know, making it? They're not going to be making runs, and all of a sudden he's going to get traded, or you know, how do you think? I mean, that's at some gonna... point, I mean, they they keep locking him up, and he keeps signing it. So I I, I don't know what his future is. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 
does he uh, does he eventually want to get home to New York mm -hmm. and play for the Yankees? And yep. the, the Angels have just been a poor run organization. For sure. So, um, you know, I got I, I I got Ruth Mantle Mays to I mean, say, hey, what, kid, there, number what, three. I mean, now the problem is, like, do you put more emphasis on hitting? Do you mean what about stats? I mean, you talk about Willie Mays and what he was able to do defensively. I mean. You talk about that, and that's a sport where you're playing both, right? Whereas in football, you're you know you're just an offensive guy, or you're just a defensive guy, and so uh, you know. I, I mean, you know, what Mays I mean? was the yeah. the one who yeah. they like invented the term five tool player, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, I mean, he's I have him top three. I, I mean. mean uh, some people say that one of the I'm most... a Dodger fan. I'm not putting Mays higher than three. And, some, here's, and here's the other one. Some people say the most skilled baseball player to ever play was Shoeless Joe Jackson. But, of course, the, the Black Sox scandal kind of derailed some of that stuff. But, you know, it just depends on how people perceive era and, and their stats and stuff like that. But, you know, I... we got to measure them against their contemporaries. Yep. Yep. Babe Ruth was clearly more dominant than Shoeless sure. Joe Jackson. And then they yep. played the same era. Yep. Babe Ruth, I mean, you know, he had more home runs than... And the rest really, of the yep, absolutely. You know, uh, so, but who do you got? Give me I your mean, top I, one, two, for three. For me, it's it's Ruth and Hank Aaron. Those are my two guys. And the only reason why is because, for me, hitting is everything. I mean, we talk about defense and stuff like that. And I, I give it I give it to Ruth because of his pitching prowess. But, you know, I, I, you, I Hank Aaron is from a hitting standpoint and, and being able to, to, first of all, do it. Um, I'd be an elite man. I still remember. I just don't think he was the best hitter of his era. He just well, hit a yeah. million home runs over a million yeah. years. I mean, some people, what of Tony Gwynn, they would say, like, what is it? Talk about least amount of walks or something like that. Tony Gwynn, I mean, because he, he couldn't strike him. I mean, what is it talking about the matchups with Greg Maddox and those type of things, too? I feel like we're going to have a lot bigger debate when it comes to the, the pitchers. There's a lot of names. You got Ted too, Williams, so. yeah. and you know, you got all that yeah. stuff. North Dakota, this is North Dakota perspective, For right? Sure. They might be throwing the name out there, Roger but, Maris. You know, we're, not, we're, we're kind of skipping over like it seems like you know the the historical stuff i mean it's tough to find like what about like you know what Derek jeter was able to do in the playoffs and all you know all win all those world series yeah, no Derek jeter's too, right? like you in know? my generation the yeah. most clutch player you know right close second would be david ortiz mm -hmm. you know clutch yeah talking to the big moments i mean you know uh they called you know mm -hmm. Derek jeter mr november yeah i can't stand yeah, reggie the jackson and in that whatever, like yeah. crazy swing uh yeah. is the, the mr october for sure we want to hear from you guys, and this one should be a big debate. And I, you know, and you know, got Ken Griffey Jr. You got all these guys, you know, that dominated for short term, long term. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, you know, straight defense, Ozzie Smith, whatever. Uh, tell us who you think. I got Ruth. He's got Ruth Aaron. Uh, we want to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in to the episode four, of Spainer and Riggs. We look forward to seeing you out on the road this weekend at WDA Eastern Conference Class A Basketball and State B Girls. And then we have the Region Boys uh, early next week. Follow us on uh, YouTube and follow us on TikTok. You'll see us there. You'll see me out doing the interviews. And we are brought to you by the Dakotan Network. Thank you.